discovery, and the technology that ties it all together in new and powerful ways. This program is brought to you by Wavelink, the easiest way to distribute and stream music using Bitcoin. Listen today at wavelink.com. Hi, everyone. We're back with our next episode of Waveform. Hi, Sam. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm excited for today. Yeah, so we got Cody Christopher in as a guest. He's the host of the Sidestream Music Podcast, which if you haven't heard yet, I would recommend. He does a great job finding gems um, in the Wavelake library and in other places, and he's putting those in his podcast for you to listen to and boost and all that. Um, he puts together some cool themes too. Yeah, he does. That's that's right. Yeah. I like I like uh like he just did a punk show or you know, I don't know. He every show has like a little bit of a theme. I like that about it. Like it's an cool angle. Curation. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Um but before we get to that just like uh, a couple things going on we wanted to mention um I think maybe one of the big ones is uh this event in Phoenix that's coming up. Culture Shock. Yeah, so Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, this started out as just a just a little fun idea to do here in Phoenix. Um, got together with these guys, uh, QW. If you're familiar with, uh, if you've been on Nostra at all, this dude QW and and uh, Santos from from ZBD. Um, they live in li- live in the same town as me, and we've had a couple meetups, and they're like, "Hey, we should try to do something a little bit bigger." I have this space down here. So uh, on February 17th in Phoenix, we're doing this cool thing called culture shock it's billed as conversation education community food music and goods it's a lot to to pack into this little idea but we're gonna try but we have some cool people showing up to talk about you know a lot about what we talk about here this value for value stuff this idea of just how to how culture sort of fits into the technology with this stuff we're i think we're right on the verge it's you know it's why we are doing what we we do because you know, this technology has been around, Bitcoin has been around for quite some time now, and it's been typically associated with super nerds and hyper-technical people. And now it's starting to show up in these places that are, that are easy and kind of more built into your day-to-day life, like music, like we're doing with Wavelake. And so that was, that was the idea behind this is let's just get something together. It's not, it's not really a conference. It's more just like people kind of getting together and talking about ideas and what some of the hurdles are and stuff. So, uh, we're both going to be there. Um, yep. We have a couple people performing. I think one for sure is Sarah Jade is a, is a great artist on wave. Lake. we'll be, uh, talking with her and she'll be performing some, some songs too live, which will be really fun. Uh, we have open Mike who, uh, I think we're going to probably have on this show at some, at some point in time, I can imagine he's a great dude. And yeah. in, uh, he's been very instrumental over at Toonster with the live music broadcasting value for value stuff. Uh, and yeah, a bunch of other people car from, from, uh, Texas, from Pleb Lab and thriller zine. We were, we were on his podcast, go back and listen to the thriller podcast, um, episode we did with him. And that was a really fun one for us. We were, particularly psyched on that so he'll be there and and uh jim costello will be there and um yeah i think it's going to be a good time so if you are anywhere in the phoenix area or are, are close uh, regionally or even just like hopping on a plane flight you know phoenix is 
is beautiful in February. So if you're somewhere that's that's cold and sucks and you want to get some sun for a couple of days, uh, pop out here. So we're going to, on February 16th, we'll probably do a little, a little meetup the night before, uh, in downtown Phoenix. And then, uh, yeah, have some fun all day, February 17th and in, in Phoenix. So I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited for you to come out here too, Michael, to be your first time in Phoenix since we started doing this. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing the space, uh, that you've been telling me about for a while. Um, and I'm also looking forward to seeing sun because in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think out of the last seven days, I've seen the sun once. So how long does it take? Yeah. How long does it take you to forget that the sun exists when you're in that situation? <laughs> is there uh, ever a point where you're like, is it coming back? Uh, one of my, in, in one of my friends group chats yesterday, uh, one of my friends wrote, Hey, there's this weird yellow orb glowing in the sky. What is that? So that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> that reminds me of one time my sister-in-law was looking at the moon in the, in the daytime and she was, I don't know what was going on. <laughs> she was not like, not, not with it. And she's like, what, wait, what is that? Is that like, is that the moon or something? <laughs> We've never let her live that one down. Oh, that's great. Um, that's yeah, like, yes, that is exactly the moon that's <laughs> been there. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about culture shock. We'll put the link in the notes to like the website. Yeah. It's, it's free, you know, so it's free. It's fun. It'll be cool. It's totally going to be totally mellow. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to show up at least, at least 10. There's I think 10 people <laughs> participating in, in some way. So yeah. we'll have at least 10 people there. Uh, it should be a good time. So that's great. Yeah. And then speaking of uh car, Gonzalez from from Pleb Lab and Thriller, uh, he just we just started. Um, I guess we've done a couple in the past. Uh, these featured posts guest on our zine, yeah. guest posts. Yeah, we had Joe Martin wrote a really cool one um, not too long ago. Go to zine.wavelake.com, and uh, on Friday, Carr put together a playlist and with and it was really it was really cool because it wasn't just a playlist. It was a playlist, and then he sort of reviewed each track. Yeah. underneath so if you go to zine.wavelake.com and check out car's post and yeah once again his his podcast is great he just had um what was on my list oh max webster i listened to his episode the other day i really oh, enjoy okay. listening to to his podcast and the the stacker news thing he does with keon is really cool too so yeah great i like i like stacker news live it's a nice uh way to wind down the week yeah with those guys um yeah that was a cool post he did it's it's just really great to see i mean he's so thoughtful about music and he uh and he and he presents it really nicely and the fact that you know the songs are embedded into the post you can just click play and listen to them as you're reading is a nice a nice plus to that format yeah i thought that was a great idea how he how he put that together so go check that out zine.wavelake.com and uh yeah i'm I'm pumped to be doing the second episode I'm, i'm pumped to talk to uh Cody from Sidestream. You want to get into that interview? Yeah. Pull him up here. Let's roll the interview. Am I the first guest for Waveform? <laughs> you you're are. The, you're the first guest and everyone's going to know it just based on uh, how well we're doing here. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's give it the old college yeah, try. We're, we're, we're still, yeah, we're fumbling through this. So we have Cody Christopher with us. Uh, he's the host of the Sidestream Music Podcast, which we're fans of. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for talking to us today, Cody. You bet, man. My pleasure. Thanks for for ringing me up. I didn't expect that I would be here this uh, you know this soon. 
Cody, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you how you got into this? Um, I guess radio. You're very you're you're a seasoned vet in uh, the radio biz. Yeah, so it's been about 38 years. Uh, I got my first radio gig when I was 12. My grandparents lived like a block behind the radio station. I was always fascinated with music, had an uncle who was a DJ and then went into the armed forces and, uh, you know, did military radio and that stuff. But um, I was placed in, in a radio station. I don't remember this, but I see pictures of myself with headphones that are much larger than my head uh, and microphones <laughs> that are l- much larger than my body, it seems like. Um, and and I was fascinated with those pictures, although I don't remember those moments. Fascinated with it. Fast forward, radio is always uh, a soundtrack to my background. I've there's always top 40 music on whether it's top 40 country or top 40 pop or it's uh, AOR rock or my dad and his buddies are uh, playing reel to reels or uh, or records of like the cars and Pink Floyd and, and, and those things. But fascinated with the dudes on the radio that were talking about the music and uh, that led to listening to Casey Kasem and Rick D's in the weekly top 40 on, you know, on the weekends and um i met a local radio disc jockey when i was 12 he was 16 his name was ron grant he's no longer with us but ron grant had such uh, a smooth voice that he was the voice that did all of the the uh, commercials for the three tenors um he was like hand-picked by uh, by those guys they heard him do a spot and they said we want him to do all of our spots but his name was ron grant uh, he was 16. He was in radio. He had a Mustang. He got chicks and he wasn't that good looking. And so, um, I thought, dude, I want, you know, I definitely want to do this. I would call him at his request show all the time. And he told me you should come and fill out an application. So, um, my grandparents lived a block away. I went and I filled out an application like three times a week at the radio station. They never called me. And uh, this was in a building with a lot of other offices. There was uh, an abstract office and an insurance office and one Xerox machine in the entire building. And you could see it through <laughs> a studio window way down the hall. And the secretary left her desk from the radio station. I would come hang out in the lobby because I could see the dudes uh, that were on the air through the, the glass window, you know. So I come hang out in the lobby. They hated me. And she went to the Xerox machine when she did. There was uh, a list of numbers behind her desk, and one of them was the owner's number. Oh, wow. So I got his number. I called him <laughs> at home. I said, "Hey, you know, I'm this kid." And he said, "Are you uh, are you a, in Boy Scouts?" Because this guy was like a Boy Scout leader. I said, "I just happened to be a Cub Scout," and I'm, <laughs> you know, and so I felt like that was the end for me. And he said, "Why don't you come and see our program director on Monday?" I went to see the program director. I got a job. They stuck me like eleven hour shifts on the weekend like on Sundays playing religious programming and and that whole bit but that's how I got my gig into radio and the rest whoo is uh, <laughs> I didn't quite make it to the level I wanted to um but about the time that I got my gig, it was 80, 86 is when I got my first gig in radio. Uh, about that time, there was this dude named Adam Curry that was coming on MTV and, uh, he was hosting, uh, all kinds of different stuff and did headbangers bald, had this, uh, you know, bitch and moto jacket and long hair. And I thought that's what 
radio disc jockeys are supposed to look like, not those bunch of goobers that I work with, <laughs> greasy-haired guys wearing <laughs> golf pants and loafers. Uh, it, you know, it just it didn't fit for me. And so when I saw that, I was like, that's what it's supposed to be, man. And and so I kind of modeled myself after people like Adam Curry and uh, uh, Rick Dees, you know, trying to sing like a songbird and just do everything that it flows so well and nice and just sounds like a beautiful thing and you know when to stop. And you know when to start. And, uh, and, and, and those things were, that was magic to me. That was, uh, that was art to me. And so I took that upon myself to take a little bit from, you know, a little bit from, uh, Rick Dees and a little bit from Casey Case and a little bit from Adam Curry and a little bit from Dave Pratt and the, the Ron Grant and these local guys. Um, and I just evolved into this character that is influenced by a you know a bunch of other uh, outside of radio like Beetlejuice is it, you know is an influence for me when I'm doing <laughs> side stream. I mean, take a listen. It's uh, I just try to have fun, you know. And so that's that's where I got. And I've I've worked uh, uh, quite a few radio gigs. Did most of my radio uh, doing you know, like top forty and rock radio. I uh I just had a little blast from the past when you said Dave Pratt that that dude I listened to growing yeah. up in Arizona at ninety eight point eight K U P D yeah yeah and, uh, <laughs> I was I was out in Phoenix um eighty nine to ninety one and um Dave Pratt was he was on another level man yeah that dude was cool yeah the morning mayor. Yeah. 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 And when it's funny to another, another thing too, when you talk about goober radio guys, I can't help but think of the scene in Wayne's world too, where they go to see <laughs> handsome Dan Yeah, <laughs> and they think it's like, they walk in and they think it's like the really good looking dude, but then it's uh, the other guy. I don't know. It's, it's funny. Yeah, and it's then you have sure uh, movies was... like airheads where you've got Joe Montana that is just like completely yeah. disconnected, <laughs> man. <laughs> love the, I love how disc jockeys are portrayed on, on uh, television. Well, that's a cool story. Well, hey, we so we like we like to play some music on on the show, and you're very familiar with that, obviously. So, yeah. um, we asked you to pick out a couple songs, and you want to pick one of your two right now. We can jump into that and then come back and talk a little bit more. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to start out with the first show that I played on Sidestream, which is Vertigo Kid. All right, and yeah, uh, we're going to do Pirate Radio. This is a pretty special one for me for all kinds of reasons. We'll get to that.
You know, that is a pretty good track. I'm glad that we uh, we just so happen to have the Vertigo Kid here on our show with us today. I just put this together like a few <laughs> weeks ago, man. <laughs> Thanks for picking that song, Cody, I uh, and playing it on your show. I, I, I like really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, I have chronic vertigo. Like it's been there's For a switch real? that yeah, there's a there's a switch that came on about 3 years ago. I got sick and um a switch came on about 3 years ago and I had I have chronic vertigo. It's never stopped. It's uh, like I'm on the ride all the time when I sleep, when I eat, you know, I couldn't drive for three wow. years. Uh, we went to lots of doctors and, and finally got on some treatment that has calmed some things down and is, uh, yeah, it's doing some, some good things in my brain. And, um, so maybe we're on the right path, but that was the first thing that when it said vertigo, that was the first thing that caught me. And I th- thought I have to take a listen to, th- Oh, there's a song called pirate radio. What the, okay. <laughs> so, um, and then I listened to it and I, and those lyrics jumped out at me, man. Like they, <laughs> they killed cool. our, our DJs and, and took our airways and I, and then the more that I listened to it and then, and then a few weeks and seriously, it was just like a few weeks ago that I put all this together and was like, Oh gosh, it's Mike, it's Mike Ree that did these, <laughs> yeah. this, that's Vertigo Kid. Um, because I, I think on Wave Lake, it was like the, the bio was something very simple, like some songs that I made with my friends or, or something yeah. like that. I mean, which is essentially what that is. It's like the, those tracks are, probably like about 15 years old uh like written and produced about 15 years ago um i was in a band in chicago with a couple guys for a few years and then i wanted to like write and produce my own eps um and like those my former bandmates are on that song i've got a couple like other friends um i used to work at chicago public radio here in chicago nice and so I was friendly with um, the engine, one of the engineers there, uh, Mary Gaffney, actually, uh, who who passed away recently, um, uh. was a lovely lady, and uh, I convinced. I asked Mary, I was like, "Hey, can I just like come into the recording studio on the weekends when no one's here to like record this record?" And she's like, "Yeah," and she offered to like loan me. I mean, this is all under the table she was like i can loan you some like really fancy neumann mics we have there was a steinway in the studio oh beautiful Um, that's cool so i just brought in my own mics and a laptop and would just like you know sneak friends in to to do all the different tracks but well um, it's it's uh glad to hear great record man it's it's a wonderful song i mean there's some real gems on there and the cool thing about this is how old did you say it was it's like oh eight oh nine. Yeah, you could so. have convinced me that that uh, a major label released that last week, and, oh, that's and nice. I would have believed you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. The story is so cool too. I mean, like hearing both of your stories. It, you know, it's like back to when you were twelve, Cody, and and Michael writing that song about pirate radio, and then what sort of is happening now in the yeah. music business. I like know the writing was on ironic. the wall then. I mean, that was. It's funny because I was still think I was thinking about this stuff back then too just i mean this was probably about 10 years after the like the telecommunications act which deregulated everything and like all these giant corporations had been taking over every single radio station across the country so like all of that was very much on my mind at the time and this was this was also around the time like what 
af- post Napster getting shut down and right. everyone like trying to figure out like how are we going to do this internet thing you know all the music labels were like we don't know what to do about piracy this was maybe right around the time or right before spotify became a thing mm. um so all of that was still up in the air then but it was it was clear even back then i think to a lot of people that um everything was getting conglomerated everything was just going to be centralized and we were going to be fed uh you know a steady stream of one or two songs all the time yeah well i I find it so i found it very haunting in those words where we're at right now you know yeah i mean what if you've been in the business like consistently i mean did you see that evolution or that shift happen from where like djs were programming or choosing their own songs to like djs being handed a list or or even DJs being well, let go, right? You know what? It's it's generally <laughs> there. There are uh, some disc jockeys that that had a lot of freedom. You know, um, some some of those disc jockeys made huge bands and and artists out of uh, someone who brought a record in, and um, it, it's always been the record companies handing you a stack of records or sending you a stack of records throughout the week going, this one's going for ads. And, uh, you know, then you have record promoters that call you and massage you, uh, without payola. Uh, but you know, uh, tickets, backstage passes, you know, what do you need? Uh, you know, what we're really going, we're going for number one. Everybody's going for number one, right? (laughs) Um, but you're you're given a list and then and then you you play those and i find gems in it and, and there you know there's a bunch of stuff that's not good just i mean and, and it's just like uh going to peruse on wave lake as well i find stuff that i like and then i find stuff that i'm just like uh you know it, it doesn't belong here like sonically it doesn't meet my standards and there's some of that but there's just some stuff that you know that i'm not into but i don't I don't try to shit on, <laughs> sorry, I don't try to, uh, to shit on anything because I'm always an enthusiast and, you know, never an elitist. I, because once a time, I, once upon a time, I was. And I hated Nickelback so bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, how can you not, I, I mean, how can you argue with the fact every time they release a single, there are tens of millions of plays within just a short amount of time and there are lot there's lots of nickelback merch being sold and that's that's fine that means that that's somebody's jam that means well a lot of people's yeah. jam and a lot of people get off on that and that's fine and cool with me because you know what i work rock radio and i play slayer and metallica and megadeth and, and pantera in the mornings and then i'll go home and put on thompson twins <laughs> you know or pet shop boys because um i I enjoy all types of uh, of music, and I'm finding a, a lot of stuff here on Wavelake that I I like. But I'm also finding uh, some genres that are lacking. Um, and so uh, trying to onboard bands is you know is a a big thing for me right yeah. now. So let's get into the value for value stuff a little bit. Um, let's do, and then because yeah, I mean it's important to note that Vertigo Kid song and and the next song that we're we're gonna play after this. 
Um, obviously you can, you can boost it. You can zap it. If you're on Noster, as this song is playing, if you're listening to it in a, in a modern pod, podcast app, like fountain or Podverse or many others out there, um, you can support these artists directly into their wallet by, by sending them sats, these small micro payments of Bitcoin. So how did you get into the value for value stuff? I would imagine Adam <laughs> Curry might've had something to do with it. Yeah. So yeah, Adam, uh, occasionally listens to the morning show. He was on, uh, the Megan Kelly show and someone passed the information along to us that, Hey, uh, somebody's talking about you guys on the Megan Kelly show. And so my co-host uh, who's a little bit older than me, uh, he's, he's a real country dude, uh, but he wa- works here. He's a, he's our sports guy. Um, but he, he does uh, the rock morning show with me and he said, Hey, do you know some dude named Adam Curry? And I was like, like Adam Curry, MTV, Adam Curry. And, uh, and he said, I, I don't know. And so we, this clip that he was sent, uh, we played and sure enough, it was Adam Curry talking about our morning show on the Megan Kelly show. And I, dude, I was flabbergasted because Adam Curry made my top five of, you know, the influences, uh, that I had for, for radio growing up. And so that day I just, and, and that, Megan Kelly episode was like a couple or a few weeks old, you know? Um, but I tweeted at Adam and said, felt feel like I won a lifetime achievement award or something to that extent. And he hit, he hit me back like, you know, and I was like, Oh wow. Um, I did not know that Adam Curry lived uh, pretty close to me. And, uh, just so happens we, we make friends and exchange numbers. And, uh, before you know it, he's over here on my morning show. We did a, we did a 420 show together, three hours. And then, uh, he was on Joe Rogan like the, the next week or something like that, you know? So, uh, we had a great time. We hit it off. Uh, we talked. Um, and mostly it was about music and, and he, he did not push podcasting on me at, at all until I mentioned podcasting. I, you know, I thought, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be that guy, but I can't think of anyone be- better than to present this idea to. So I presented it to him and podcasting for me, I had no clue. I thought I had to have like video equipment and lighting and everything needed to look great. And I started telling this and he was like, dude, you, you got to get it way in over your head. That is so much production. You're going to have to have people to help. You can't do it on your own and you have a daytime job. And dude, you know, podcasting was meant to be this. And what a gentleman he was in explaining to me it, without making me feel this small uh, about what my idea was. And I said, you know what I, th- I think I'm going to do is I'm going to rip off Adam Curry. And he said, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's how I got into podcasting. <laughs> uh, he, really, this is what he said to me. We had, we had talked several times on the phone. And the idea that I had was not sidestream. Uh, the idea is another show that that I've started and we really haven't gotten it off the ground because I've been so busy with researching music. I mean, I just I got into this and was like, oh, my gosh, man, this is going to be so much fun. And because I was seeing artists benefit from it, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, Adam, Adam said, I want you. To be able to survive beyond the disc jockey expiration date yeah and that's what 
that's what changed it for me when he started explaining value for value and how these artists would uh, get paid. Because I said, this had not come up yet. I mean, this was like April of last year. I He had said several things in uh, Podcasting 2.0 podcast, and I, I knew that something was happening with music and podcasting, and I wrote my notes, and I read this to Adam, too. I wrote it in my notes. If someone is trying to change the industry via this platform, I didn't know that it was not a platform. It's a community at that time. But that's what I wrote in my notes. I fucking want in. And yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, no, brother, you're going to be one of my first calls. We're just trying to get this off the ground. And then he started explaining to me about Joe Martin and how Joe <laughs> like could not contain himself and did it, man. And then uh, I onboarded an artist named Corey Keller and Corey shot the number one. And we recorded that at my studio back in Kansas when I was in Kansas. I'm in Texas. Nice. Now. Yeah. I, I, I was cool. curious, like, um, what is it about value for value and this way of podcasting where you can play full songs and people can send lightning payments to both you and the artist at the same time? Like, I guess, what is it about that, that interests you that motivated you to do what you're doing with Sidestream? Instant gratification for the artist being number one. Um, I can wait, <laughs> you know, on, on my thing. Uh, but I like to see, man, I've just throughout my career as a recording engineer and producer, I've just seen so many bands put so much into it. I hated taking their money sometimes, you know, um, because it was blood, sweat, and tears, and it was road, you know, smoke, booze. We're, you know, I mean, we're we're going all the way. We're all in, and then things dematerialized. You know, um, whether it's you're fighting the big machine, uh, you know, another thing is is clubs wouldn't let you in if you didn't have X amount of plays on Spotify, you know, and it was just getting ridiculous. It was not based on talent. It was just another freaking popularity contest, you know? Um, and there were these musicians that were just incredible that were playing these shows where, you know, they're on the band with seven or they're on the bill with seven other bands. Um, they get to set up merch for 15 minutes after they play while the other band plays for 15 minutes and it gets, and so they make $17 a night when it's all said and done with. And then they have to drive nine hours to Idaho to play a basement show. And it's, it just gets ridiculous, man, because these bands are so talented and they've put so much you know, of their time, talent and treasure into it. And I think that we need to show them that as well. And, and the thing about this is you didn't have to meet a certain threshold. There was no, there's no big hands that are getting a cut of that before you do. And you get to see it in your account tonight. And if you need to go cash it out and, and buy some formula for your kiddo, you can do that. I love that part of it. Every Monday we post the kind of the top earner uh, track on Wave Lake. We just started doing that a few weeks ago. And yeah, yesterday we posted this guy, Man Like Quex, who's very prolific. He's uploaded a lot of music, but I mean, he made a hundred bucks last last week, you know, and he's Dude. he's in yeah. Tanzania, you know, and it's like that that goes a long way. And it's especially when you're comparing like he, as many people have done now, um, comparing to Wave Lake, they're they're dropping screenshots of their 
statements from their other distributors. And it's like, I made four cents from 27 tracks in the last quarter and I made a hundred bucks yesterday on Wave Lake. You know, it's, and it's, it's not about the money, but it's just about the idea that you can actually, there is hope that now people will be able to make a living off of their music, which is all we've been trying to do as artists this whole time. And, and as DJs, I mean, I know I've, I'm, I'm Michael and I are both big, um, big radio people too. And it's just, I've heard so many DJs just talk about how tough it can be even out there. I mean, I know, like you said, you moved around, like I hear stories of those yeah. dudes having to hop around from place to place to place. And it, it's a tough business to be in because the music industry is just crazy all around, like from top to bottom, every single aspect of it. So yeah, it's, it's nice seeing people like you get on board with this and, uh, and showcasing really cool music. I mean, like this, the song that I think we're going to play here in a minute, this forearm shiver band, I, I had never heard them until they were on wave Lake. I would never probably would have never had any exposure to this, this band. Um, and now I, and now I know them, you know, and now I'm going to be able to send them some sats. I can actually provide some value to them and they don't know who I am. I don't know who they are. And they're just some, some band that exists out there in the universe. And, and now I get to experience it and I get to, help them out a little bit and that's really cool isn't it it's fun for me to get to interact when i listen to other shows or i find a band that i like and i can you know show them some love love it yeah do you i mean well, you're getting sats too for sidestream right like you're yeah. seeing those in your account what, yeah. what does that do like how does that make you feel dude i would <laughs> Like I, I stacked up like over a hundred thousand sats in my first week and I was like, whoa, you know, this, this, <laughs> I, I did not expect that. And, and it is, I mean, it's gratifying for me too. I'm like, oh, wow. There are people that really uh, like this. And, and I've, I've had to have some direction from this community because uh at first you know i like i was calling it a platform i didn't know i'm dumb to all this and all these musicians are uh out there too are they're most of them are ignorant to to this as i am i'm learning as i go the community has been so good uh, about um saying hey you know it's kind of the anti-platform it's and it really is a community and, and the more that i started to learn how how this all works together and how it really is uh you know you scrub my back i'll scrub yours you know it's an it, it's a handshake instant exchange this kind of thing um when i f started to discover how that all worked man uh, I I kind of got hooked into like sending sats to other uh, you know other artists and uh, I, I can see that the bands once they grasp this and once they see the instant gratification that some of these artists that like I've helped to onboard and other artists that like there's a dude named Nate Jonathan out there that has his hands in a lot of projects I think he's one of the freaking geniuses out there that never um, was noticed. Um, he is reaping benefits right now. Uh, John at Rubber Factory Records um, is. I love seeing, all that stuff. Oh yeah, man. Um, and we're all listen. We're new to this. I know John has been doing this for a while, and I'm learning. But there's there's probably uh, an extent to my learning where, like with artists. I don't think that they want to learn how Bitcoin and everything works and, and, and all the behind the scenes of, of 2.0 and value for value podcasting. I think that they want it to yeah. be easy where they go and they upload their music and then they see 
return and they get to interact with fans you know that'll be the uh, another cool part they get to directly interact with fans um i think with me also doing an entertainment type show there's a there's a line that i have to draw too because it takes away from the vibe of you know of what i'm doing i don't want it to take away from me going and and spelunking for music um i want that part to be to be fun and i want it to be freedom and and i don't want to have to learn uh you know a a complete other system and i don't think that you do you know i I think that there's some of the the nerdo geeko guys which you guys are uh and that's fine man that's we need people like you to do that so we can do this thing and uh Man, that's why I'm into it. Uh, instant gratification are for the artist, number one. And I'm seeing it, too. And it makes it so much fun for me. But just to get involved in the community and do the same thing, man, I'm hooked. It's like Tetris. It won't go away. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, and it, it is evolving so fast. The technology is moving so quick. And so many cool things have happened, even just since we we launched Wave Lake in January. So many different things have happened. So. It is cool to be able to do that stuff and try to present some easier options and equally as cool that if you are a nerdy dude and you want to go the super, the super tech out route, you can take that route as well. So it's cool to have options with this stuff. Cause as we know, in the music industry, typically you don't have a lot of options. So let's I get into this. Nerdy this uh, friends. <laughs> let's get into this next track. What, what do you know about this one, Cody? Well, um, I, I produced this track in my studio. I saw that in the notes. Yeah, I thought you might be from... (laughs) Yeah, in Kansas. So uh, this is uh, a three-piece pop-punk band from Lawrence, Kansas. I saw these guys play at a place called The Jackpot. My kids were on the same bills. The band was like uber late. They were the opening band. They were uber late getting there. And I was like, these guys. And then they got on stage and blew (laughs) my shorts off, man. Um, They're incredible. And after the show, I was talking to them and said, you need to come over to my studio and play a show we did like you know multi-genre shows they came over played a show and i said let's talk man let's get you guys in and uh we did a, a we did a full length and then another ep that's unreleased which some of that stuff might see some action here on wave lake soon but i talked to awesome. logan herrera who's was kind of the front man for the the band and and this is i get this when i present this to bands it's like ah oh, it's another thing to do you know, it's another place to upload my stuff. Yeah. It's another thing to take care of. And I said, dude, you know, l- let me upload that that stuff for you. Uh, you know, just one or two. And he said, dude, those songs are as much yours as they are ours. You know, d- do it. And so my deal was I was going to put a song or two up and see how they did and then go back to him and say, dude, now let's get you to upload the stuff and yeah. then let's, let's see you guys do splits between the three of you. And I think it'll all work out beautifully, but yeah, Lawrence, Kansas pop punk trio, forearm shiver. Uh, this is a title track from something about my twenties.
cool track it that's is, a tight man. band they are <laughs> they played lots of punk rock shows man uh super tight band uh, they're still active they've uh, when i was talking to logan he said you know we get out and we play and when somebody calls us we get out and we play we've never called a hiatus we never said that we've you know we're done um and and i like that that record was uh was done a handful of years ago but they still get out and they play those songs every track on that record is a freaking banger dude it's it's just good fun sing-along pop punk rock uh we like to brand that crop punk <laughs> as we <Okay. laughs> were in kansas uh that's something that and somebody may have come out with that before but my youngest uh son who is the drummer in a uh, boy's home um oh that's also a oh Cody yeah so connection. we're gonna make these that's a great uh, band too yeah we're gonna have to make these connections now because people are figuring my shit out <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh that's great I've, I've i've listened to boys home on a wave like as well and i was like this is a cool band i know exactly who you're talking about right on well um you know i never want to be the like the band dad and i'm absolutely not the band dad i let my kids just do their thing i never push them into music they just kind of grew up in the studio around musicians man and they're old souls i mean when they were like you know six and seven years old they they had you know friends that were 30 years old that were awesome musicians and <laughs> they just kind of grew up around it and i let them pick up the instruments of their choice never you know if they came to me and said hey uh could i get a guitar uh well that guitar ended up turning into drums uh, you know, and then the, the kids grew up in the studio so they could go pick up anything they wanted to. Um, so boys home and adored. Those are, are my kids, uh, Christian and Lennon Nichols. Also, Corey Keller played in boys home, uh, as Very well. Cool. And then there's, there's another band called a cold trip nowhere. Uh, I got the tattoo, uh, cold trip nowhere for life, man. Uh, a cold nice. trip nowhere has a song up there called sheets. Um, my, my kiddos also in, in that band. Um, but this is, this is them, man. 
I co-produced and, and engineered and, and mixed those records. But my oldest son, Christian, he's, uh, he's a graduate of, uh, of course, my studio. But he, he went to the recording workshop in Chillicothe, Ohio. I wanted to go when I was a kid, and my parents uh, saw no use in sending me to a recording school. So, uh, But he, he got to, uh, to do that, and uh, he's a wonderful producer, engineer, singer, songwriter. Got to plug my kids, man. Yeah, man. That's awesome. That's dude. What a cool dad you are. Well, thank you. I, I try. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, Corey Keller, he's one of the guys that yeah. Adam Curry picked up early in the beginning. And and uh, we had so many phone conversations and sent so many screenshots. Another thing that my kids and Corey Keller uh, thought was really cool. Wave Lake was in Bitcoin magazine. And uh, yeah. you guys had the, like the charts on there. Yeah, they my published son, uh, one of our charts. My my son wrote wrote me or, or messaged me and said, "Man, it's just cool to think that people are picking this up, and our name is on it, and it's being picked up at newsstands and you know New York and Chicago, and it's just cool, man." Yeah. It's so awesome. It kinda, you know, when we saw that, we we were thinking back to like the Rolling Stone chart. Like I'd always go and check the college radio chart or the just you know like the cool back page like charts yep. in the, charts in those magazines it was so fun to to see who it was and like find some new music and see what was going on yeah my my super my super nerdy uh behavior as a teenager was this was back when they would print the billboard charts at the in the back of the Chicago Tribune's entertainment oh. section once a week i would clip those out and i kept them in an album so i could like go back and see week to week what was you know the top 10 songs or these the top you know songs for these genres you know from two years ago or something this is this is dating me quite a bit but yeah i I mean like sam and i we've talked a lot about like you brought up casey Kasem. um you know we kind of we kind of want to bring a little bit of that flavor back not necessarily replicated entirely but um you know Charts are such a great way to discover music, I think. And I think you're right, man. I I think there's, there are all, there's so many cool things about this. You know, I have notes upon notes that I've written. And then I realize, I, there, there are so many dudes ahead of you that were, you know, dreaming this up years ago. Uh, this is also new for uh, a lot of us. And, uh, I would love to see more radio type shows, you know, on podcast radio on the, on the internet. Um, I would, I would like to see more of that type show and value for value. There's some shows out there that I love. I love what, uh, what Taylor's doing with the phantom music stuff that like those reviews are dope. Oh, man, I love that he breaks, yeah, he goes breaks deep stuff in the down. Music yeah, there. I, I I love that. Um, and then and then you have some dudes that are you know exploring like Salty Crayon, who's pretty funny to listen to sometimes. But he's he's picking out good music, man. Uh, Colomona over at uh, Lightning Thrashes, but but some of these dudes are like they're nerdy uh, geek guys, and that's okay. That's fine. Um, but I find myself in some of these groups with them on, on Telegram going, okay, I'm just going to, sh- I'm laying low. I'm not saying anything, uh, you know, except for I might pop in and go, hey, did you guys catch the new episode of Breaking Bad? And people are like, Breaking Bad has been off for a while, dude. <laughs> so then again, so, I made myself look like an ass. <laughs> um, 
we we've taken up a good deal of your time, Cody. Uh, so I I want to like respect your time here, but I, I do have like a question uh, for you in terms of what you see as like the possibilities of Ooh. you know this technology and the way that we're distributing and supporting artists. Um, like, where do you? What are some of the maybe like wilder ideas that you have about where this could go? Well, I, I love the fact that uh, Ainsley Castillo and Just Loud did this huge freaking uh, value for value, first live value for value concert. I love that. I love the fact that these, because all of this is so transparent, um, that these artists can find out where their fan bases are at and they could say, hey, if I want to come play a show in San Fran, uh, how many folks out there am I going to have to support me? And and you know where your boost are coming from um this gives you an opportunity uh, to to talk with the uh, your fans consumers uh supporters one-on-one you know and i and i love that because you can establish where your fan bases are and you have this open line of communication with them and you can make that that happen all via value for value and i love the fact that there are also some people getting behind some artists that are ready and willing to work people are ready to go hey we will fund this because we know that you'll do do well um and then a case in fact ainsley and just loud in minneapolis at first avenue what is that that's crazy okay <laughs> but here here is where i really see um, some innovation. Musicians appreciate musicians. You know, how many times have you said, I, I know that, that one of my kids has said, man, if I could write with anybody, I would write with Mark Foster, you know, from mm-hmm. like Foster the People. Or I would love to uh, get in a room with Tom DeLong and see what we can come up with. You don't, as a musician out there in, in the world as it is right now, you don't have that luxury of reaching out to another musician and say, Hey, let's collaborate. But right now at ground zero, you have the opportunity. And man, if you are digging what Corey Keller's doing, reach out to Corey Keller and say, Hey, can we collab on something? Can we make, and you can, technology has allowed us to do that. Um, that's one of the things that I love is artists will be able to collaborate and do some huge things. I think we've just been given a set of rules by the big machine that says uh, those are untouchables. And there's so much red tape that goes along with it that you just can't do it. But here, most everybody owns their own stuff. They own their own publishing. They can reach out to artists and see if they vibe together. And can you imagine the collaborations and the tours that, that could come out of that? You know, I think some big shows, uh, could, could come out of, of this and also relying on the fans and their, their, uh, boostograms to say what they want to say. Hey, I think it'd be cool if, uh, you know, if Longy and Jake, uh, Nate Jonathan got together and did a song, you know, uh, I think that the musicians will listen to their fans as well. So, man, the possibilities are so <laughs> the sky's the limit. I know it's cliche, but man, we're just getting started. Like I said, I have notes upon notes and, and, uh, in listening to other podcasts, I know that there are so many people 
already that they already dreamed up these ideas years ago and they're being put into motion so quick and that's another thing that i love it's moving so fast yeah it's like michael talking about really you know, writing that song 15 years ago it's like people we knew we knew this has been this has been wrong i mean the music industry's been kind of jacked up almost since its inception so <laughs> people have constantly been looking for better solutions but now this technology is here and and it's 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 exciting and yeah the collaboration stuff really gets me going too. We've had a handful of those things already pop up. If you build it, they will come. That's what I keep saying. The field of dreams quote, it's so cheesy, but it's so true. If you just, if you have this Avenue people and it's, and it's a good one and it's been, we see it's a better one, you know, people will just naturally gravitate towards it. When we talk about these back catalogs, you know, rejuvenation uh, in some bands, you know, that called it quits, not because there was there was any bad blood. It was just circumstances, you know, and not being able to uh, do your craft, not being able to uh, use your skill set for the masses because uh, circumstances wouldn't allow you to do so. You couldn't compete with the big machine. Uh, you couldn't get in and play the, the gigs that would actually pay you money. So, uh, you know, you were being called to do benefit shows, <laughs> which yeah, they I, always I, say it's great exposure. Well, the best exposure, exposure I feel bugs. like an artist can get right now is value for value podcasting, music podcast, uh, uploading their, their stuff to these various platforms and, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, various, uh, sites, <laughs> Shall we say that? How do so when you guys are approached, how um and and people start talking that way, like me. I was completely ignorant about this stuff. Um, when people say, Yeah, we'd like to get my stuff on your platform, what what is your response to something like that? Because I need to know how to respond to musicians as well. Yeah. I think Wavelake is a platform. I think the distinction is that our system operates openly with the rest of the value for value network. And so it isn't a closed platform. It's one that interacts openly with the standards that the podcasting 2.0 apps support, that uh, uh, systems like Nostra support. That's the main distinction. So I think it's accurate to call it a platform in our case. That's the really beautiful thing about this is, uh, once again, the options. It just you will be able to enter this at any level that you want to. You'll be able to exist in it at any level that you want to whether you're an artist or, or a DJ or, or whatever, you know, there's, I mean, we're going to see the value for value extends well beyond just music. Obviously. I mean, this can be writers and going to books and films and television and all sorts of things. This idea can be carried over into all forms of media. Yeah. I I'm, I'm stoked about that. I know that there are artists that are setting on videos out there and, and it's just advancing so quick. I love it, man. I'm going to have to hire a tutor. Thanks, Cody. We appreciate your time. This is really cool. You bet. Uh, didn't mean for it to be to be so long, but no. I'm happy that it ended up being long. We Let's had a great do it time again talking for to another you hour sometime. <laughs> yeah, and that everybody, uh, go listen to the Sidestream Music Podcast. Cody, you want to want to tell people where to find you? Yeah, you bet. Um, you'll find me at sidestreammusicpodcast.com. Find out a little bit more there, and then uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Smash My Radio. And uh, also at Cody Christopher, that's with two R's, the second set of R's, as there should be two sets of R's. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Thanks so much. Yeah, you bet, man. It's been a pleasure. I I love what you guys are doing. Thank you. You've been listening to Waveform, brought to you by Wavelength. 
Wavelink is a platform for artists to share their music beyond paywalls and where fans can pay whatever they want using Bitcoin. Artists retain all the rights to their work and receive payments instantly via the Lightning Network. Find out more at wavelink.com. Waveform is produced by Sam Means and Michael Ree. Theme by Paul Birkin. I'm D++. Thanks for listening. I think we're done. We're done. All right, I'm going to hit stop recording and hopefully all that shit works. <laughs>